Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Sue Ann brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. And, well, is this a big game this weekend for the Gophers, uh, Jim, against the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes? I mean, Fleck hasn't beaten Iowa yet. It, it seems like the team isn't off to the start that they wanted uh, to get off to, and Iowa seems kind of beatable. If they don't, are they really in trouble? It's a sneaky big game for this season and maybe the program. Mm. Flex never beaten Iowa. Gophers haven't beaten Iowa since P.J. Fleck was a senior in high school mm. uh, in Iowa City. Um, they are a good team, so if you beat them, you get credit for it, but they're not a great team and they don't score any points, so you should be in it and have a chance in the fourth quarter. Uh, a victory over a ranked team would make up for the North, kind of offset the Northwestern debacle and give you a much better uh chance to rise in the rankings and be considered for a bowl they get you closer to the bowl victory threshold um and it would make people feel a lot better about the last few years that to me last year was incredibly disappointing they didn't capitalize on having a very good very deep very senior roster and this year they're not capitalizing on what we thought was going to be a better passing offense and an easier schedule so i i think this is kind of a big game for pj and the pass offense hasn't really been better. Uh, you know, no, it hasn't. Kelly McManus needs to play better. Uh, is there a blind spot for Fleck recruiting QBs, or is it too early to say? It appears that there is. And here's the funny thing. You know, he's, a, he's an NFL wide receiver, um, and people just kind of assumed young, aggressive, hip, uh, charismatic, innovative guy. That, that was kind of his reputation. That, those kind of things all make you sound like a passing game guru, mm-hmm. right? And he's really not. He's an old school, old Big Ten, run it down your throat, control the clock, uh, keep your defense fresh, and wear people down, and then make, make a few big plays in the passing game. Now, 2019, Tanner Morgan played really well with mm-hmm. two NFL receivers, caliber receivers, who you could just throw the ball up and they'd make big plays. And they ran the ball a lot that year, and they ran the ball very well, but when they needed to pass, they had great success because they had great receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, without those two guys, he hasn't really had a quarterback that you really look at and go, okay, that guy you know, is an NFL prospect, or that guy's a big-time passer. Um, the interesting thing is that Anikstead, remember Anikstead? He yep. was kind of the, fir- the first goal. He was a really talented, run-around, make-crazy-plays kind of guy. And had he played, you know, who knows – whether P.J. would have let him off the leash, whether he would have been effective, but he was a talented guy who made really interesting plays. And Pete and Tanner Morgan just kind of grinded it out and stayed healthy and won the job and kept the job because of 2019. But I don't know that Tanner Morgan was even the best quarterback in his own program. Yeah, so you know, he continues on that road. And that doesn't exactly engender it being easier to recruit talented offensive players, quarterback or otherwise, if they look at your team and they see a, an over-under total of 31.5 in a game that you're playing, that isn't going to attract big-time offensive talent either. You know, if, if I were a high school running back, high school defensive back, high school alignment, I might look at the gopher and say, boy, that looks like a good place to develop an NFL resume and be well coached mm-hmm. uh, and play against good competition. If I were a high school quarterback, I'd say I'm playing almost anywhere else. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, uh, Callie McManus, uh, what do you see in his game? Can he develop into being a, a big-time Big Ten quarterback? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a strong enough arm. He's athletic enough, although he's not a great running quarterback. He certainly moves around well enough. It's really hard with him, and sometimes it's hard to tell even in the NFL. 
it's really hard to tell with him whether he's a talented quarterback who's being held back or whether he is an average quarterback in an average system and that's just not going to play very well. It's really hard to tell. You'd like to think if he was super talented, we'd see it and Fleck would see it and he would open things up. It almost feels like they overrated him. He's okay, but they don't want to have him, his talent level be the determining factor for this franchise and for this program, and they're trying to protect him. That's what it feels like. Yeah. It's just the thing is, it's hard to tell whether that's PJ's position on every quarterback or just with this quarterback. Kirk Ferentz has been at Iowa for a long time. He isn't producing a lot of big-time offensive uh, teams right now either. Of course, tight ends out of Iowa are yep. the gold standard, apparently. But outside of that, you know, they're struggling to score points as well. And with a low-scoring game like that, there's a chance the Gophers could pull off an upset. That's exactly what I've been saying all week. You know, these easy the way the Gophers have played, it's easy to assume that Iowa's better and Iowa's going to beat them up. Mm-hmm. But I see it being a close game. I, I think... I think Gopher fans should be very – you can't expect a victory. Hmm. But I think Gopher fans should be very disappointed if this isn't a close game in the fourth quarter. Uh, what do you make of the Jim Harbaugh situation? All of a sudden he's kind of being placed right next to Bill Belichick when they were stealing team signals going to other games and so forth. That rec- or Whoever was out there, assistants, or whoever finding information and then relaying and, and stealing signs, it, it sounds like it's kind of serious. It, it does, and here, here's my thing. Belichick was accused of sneaking people into other people's practices, ah. you know, and and that's dirty. Yep. Harbaugh, and I haven't listen. I haven't I haven't spent a lot of time investigating this, right. uh, so correct me if I'm wrong or I don't. I'm not characterizing this right. Yep. What I've read is that Harbaugh is being accused of having people focus on play callers on the sidelines so they can steal their signs for future games. Mm-hmm. What I would say is, you know, you, you sneak, you, you try to get something out of somebody else's practice that's dirty. You try to figure out what people are calling on the sideline during games. That, to me, is fair game. Yeah, and yet the Big Ten sounds like they're not too happy about it and have launched an investigation. And sometimes they won't even address if an investigation is underway. They did in this case, meaning they think they yeah. have evidence, right? Yes, and, and maybe there's more there. Maybe uh, if Harbaugh did some, you know, like, if, once again, if Harbaugh used some kind of special technology mm-hmm. that helped him steal stuff on somebody else's sideline, I think that's dirty. If he has people in the press box watching the sideline and they're able to figure out what the calls are, mm-hmm. to me, that's fair game, just like stealing signs in baseball. It's like, and, and that's my reference point in baseball. Mm-hmm. If you can figure out, sitting in the dugout, what the other team's signs are, good for you. If you're using trash cans or uh, a camera in center field, that's different. Yeah. And then uh, he's, of course, denying knowing anything about it that it was going on. So clearly it's a threat to him. He feels as though it is, or he wouldn't you know, put out that blanket denial that he did uh, either earlier today or yesterday sometime. Yes. And, and you know, listen, football coaches can be really unlikable. Hmm. Um, Belichick is really unlikable. I would say this. My history of being around people who know Harbaugh has always led me to believe that he's a weird guy, but that he's not a dirty guy. Mm. Um, it would, I would be a little surprised if he was guilty of something nasty. Uh, I think all these guys you know, play in gray areas when it comes to recruiting. That's the way the game is played. I've just always thought, and the way Harbaugh handled the Kaepernick situation, uh, the way he handled himself at Stanford, 
I just be I would I have to admit I'd be both surprised and disappointed if he was guilty of something truly dirty. Yeah, so you're you know giving him the benefit of the doubt a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, Seven goals again for the Wild last night. Now, two were empty netters, but five goals while the goalie was still between the nets. Uh, it looks like the defense has a little issue right now for the Wild. It did, and they gave up and gave, you know, five true goals plus yeah. two empty netters, um, and that's without giving them a power play. So mm-hmm. those were all even strength or under, uh, shorthanded goals. That's a bad sign. Yeah. Um, usually when you see a blowout like that or a high score, usually it's because uh, either you go ahead of that game, which I do think is the case in this case, or the other team you put give the other team too many power play chances and they capitalize. This is just getting beat five on five. They miss Spurgeon desperately, which is not surprising. He's probably their second best player, and he holds a lot of things to the other back there. Kaligowski's on long, you know, on the injured list, and he's a solid defenseman. Um, they're just not good enough right there, and then Flory did not play well last night. Yeah, and he was in the net for the second straight game. I guess I kind of yep. thought Gustafson had taken over as the number one, but, you know, back-to-back starts for Flurry. I, I think Gustafson is the number one. I think they want to have a two-goalie system, mm. keep people fresh during the season, keep mm. them both sharp. Um, Flurry's still a Hall of Famer, you know? Yep. Um, and maybe maybe the fact that Flurry played well, they thought, hey, pop him right back out there, take advantage of him, get on a roll. Uh, but he didn't play well last night, and I think Gustafson is the number one goalie. Good thing the Timberwolves have, uh, what, six days or something until uh, their opener because uh, Towns has a sore knee. He didn't play last night. Then McDaniels has that calf. Can you give us any more information on those? Uh, I don't think the knee is a big deal. That's my take at the moment. Uh, I'll tell you if that changes. Mm -hmm. I think they're just being very cautious with him. Um, The calf worries me. Calves Mm -hmm. worry me in general. They can be tied to Achilles. They They can really pop. Remember, last year it was Towns and and uh, Jordan McLaughlin who took forever to come back from cap injuries. McLaughlin came back, re-injured it, went back on the injured list. Towns was really cautious with it, stayed a long time because he was fearful of it popping again. So I think Towns, it's just soreness. The McDaniel one is really worth watching because he's a vital part of the team and calves can be scary. Let's say McDaniels is out, but Towns is healthy. Is it Nas Reed taking McDaniels' spot in the starting lineup in that opener? No. No, I think it's Alexander Walker. I think okay. he does the same thing. He's he's your wing lockdown defender who can shoot, and that's exactly what McDaniel does. All right. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.